want you to turn to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. As you can tell from the screens and um, the, the information we put out and the graphics and things that you see, we are in a season called the best part of Christmas. That song that we ended on is such a great and, and powerful song. Uh, Jesus is the best part. Jesus is the absolute undeniable best part of Christmas. And as I said during the offering, what we celebrate during Christmas is not everything else the world celebrates. I'm glad that I get to give gifts, but I do that all year. I'm glad that I get to have fun with my family and go to events, but I get to do that all year. What I, I want to do the most during this season is give an extra concerted effort to praise and thank God that he gave us his son, Jesus. Everybody say amen. amen. Jesus is the best part of Christmas. Now, if you start in verse 18, in verse 18, we get the story of the birth of Jesus. We're going to look at this and then we're going to unpack it a little bit as we begin talking about the best part of Christmas. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. <clears throat> that does not mean he's going to lock her in a closet. <clears throat> he was going to divorce her. He was going to put her away. He was going to divorce her. He was going to separate from the betrothment and, and say, okay, you know, uh, I'm not sure exactly how you got pregnant. I know you're saying something about God got you pregnant, but homegirl, I don't know what's going on. And so uh, we're just going to end this before we get started. I mean, that's where he's at. <clears throat> but notice what happened. So he didn't. Yeah, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, "Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit." And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Everybody say it. Say Jesus. <clears throat> For he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold. Now this verse here, verse 23, is a quote from Isaiah the prophet, which, who prophesied, the coming of Jesus. Okay, he also prophesied a lot. He prophesied the death. He, he basically prophesied the life of the Messiah thousands of years before. Behold, the virgin shall be with child. Everybody say virgin. virgin. The virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded, commanded him, and he took to him his wife and did not know her, meaning they did not, you know, you guys know, okay. They did not, he did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Say it one more time, say Jesus. Jesus. Now, let's go back up to that quote from Isaiah the prophet, verse 23. Behold, the virgin shall be with child. I want to start right off, and, and this may be the only point of, I've already started to kind of comprise 
several points to me that, that signify why is Jesus the best part of Christmas? Why is, Jesus, why is Jesus the best part of your life? Or why should he be? If he's not, why should he be the best part of your life? What makes Jesus such a significant person? I mean, the people all over the world, Christians and not, wear Jesus chains. Uh, they take the Lord's name in vain. And if they get upset or whatever, they'll say, uh, say his name in an inappropriate way. I mean, whether you like it or not, Jesus is everywhere. What makes him so special? Why is the birth of Jesus so special? Why is Christmas so significant? Why was Jesus born the way he was? What what makes Jesus the best part? And why do we serve him? Why do I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior? Bring him into my life. What, 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 why? First of all, I want you to realize this. If you've never heard this before, I want you to write this statement down because it'll change your life. If there is no virgin birth, there's no salvation. I'm going to unpack this. I'm going to make sure you understand why. But if there is no virgin birth, there is no salvation. Now, again, Isaiah prophesied this many years before. And and Matthew, the writer of this gospel, is, is quoting Matthew. I mean, quoting Isaiah, quoting the the except the uh, uh, Old Testament scripture, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. So why is the virgin birth so important? I'm going to say it one more time to give you a chance to write it down in case you haven't or if you're watching online. If there is no virgin birth, there is no salvation. If Jesus was not born of a virgin, he was not a sinless man. Think about that. If he was not born of a virgin, he was not a sinless man. What happened at the beginning of time? At the beginning of time, in Jesus, uh, or excuse me, God, the beginning of our time, the beginning of, of this earth, God made man in his image and likeness. Now God made Adam sinless. But Jesus, think about this, Jesus was the only person ever to be born sinless. Adam was made. Eve made from Adam. Adam was made by God's hand, made sinless. Adam and Eve, what did they do? They sinned. They allowed sin into the world. They sold out their birthright to Satan. They allowed sin, sickness, and disease, and, 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 and destruction through the devil's hands into the earth because of their disobedience to God. Sin, they were the first ones to sin. Their sin is the reason that you and I have a sin nature. And get this, it's in our blood. It's passed down through our blood. Adam and Eve allowed it in. And from that moment forward, the the first children they had were killing each other. Sin was became a part of our bloodline. The beginning of Matthew, if you read it, for the sake of time, I'm not going to bore you with it, but the beginning of Matthew goes through the lineage of Jesus. And the reason that's important is because Mary was the mother, but Joseph was not the father. He played a father role. He played, he played dad. He played earthly dad, but he was not the father. He did not supply, and I'll use the word seed, Think you know what I'm talking about. 
He did not supply the seed. Everything works by seed with God. Everything works by seed. Everything works that way. You plant a seed and you reap a harvest. And if Joseph had planted the seed, if he had planted the seed, he would have reaped, Mary and Joseph would have reaped a sinner as a son. And we know that because the other children they had, Jesus had brothers. He had a brother, at least one we know about. Do you know anything other than, did he do any miracles? Was he anything significant? Did he save the world? Was he sinless? We, I mean, if we, if we do, I think God would have made sure we knew about it. But see, Jesus was different. Look, look, look at uh, uh, Luke. Look over to Luke so that you get all this together. And it says actually there, it says, uh, um, if you go back, um, before you go to Luke, go back to verse 21. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Wrong one. Verse Verse 20, at the end of that verse, the angel says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Take your Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived of her is of the Holy Spirit. That which is conceived of in her is of the Holy Spirit. See that of the Holy Spirit? Now look over at Luke. Turn to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. You know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all cover the same. They cover the birth, life. Death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Well, they cover it from different standpoints, and they're all different writers. So they all wrote a little bit different. They all have a few different perspectives, which gives us, if you read all Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you get the most cohesive picture of who Jesus was, what he came to do, what his life was like, and here's the the best picture of that. Jesus said this, if you know me, if you've seen me, you know the Father. So we know Father God by knowing Jesus. Now check out Luke. Um, and the, uh, actually, we're going to turn to Luke 2 because Luke uh, chapter 1 covers um, John. No, nope, I'm lying to you. We're going to go uh, to verse 26 of chapter 1. Verse 26 of chapter 1. And chapter 2 is when he's born, but I want to look at Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. What does it mean, the sixth month? Elizabeth... Um, Mary's, uh, a, f- a family member of Mary was also visited by an angel and that's where John, that's who birthed John the Baptist. So the sixth month of her pregnancy. So John is, uh, essentially six months older than Jesus during the sixth month. The angel visits Mary verse 27 to a virgin. There you see it again. So the angel goes to Nazareth to see a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, the virgin's name was Mary. There's twice Luke clarifies, yo, she was a virgin. Why? Because it's significant. It's significant. Rej- uh, uh, the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting This was, then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor. Everybody say favor. You have found favor with God and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, 
and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Everybody say forever. Verse 34, Mary clarifies. Um, hey, Mr. Angel, uh, one problem. Uh, remember the whole virgin thing? How's this going to work? She says, how can this be since I do not know a man? Verse 35, and the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son. This is where we get Son of God. He will be called the Son of God. He wasn't just prophesied to be the Son of God. He literally was the Son of God. Now the reason this is so significant is because in the Old Testament, when, when they would sacrifice for their sins, that's how they had to do it. Before Jesus come, you and I don't make sacrifices. We don't go out and, and, and sacrifice a lamb in the temple. We don't have to do that. The reason is, is because of Jesus. But before I get there, let's go back to the Old Testament. You, did you know, in order to do a proper sacrifice for the sins of Israel, for the sins of the people, they had to have a spotless lamb spotless like without spot without blemish perfect a perfect think about that word perfect you could probably if i ask you to don't do it because i don't want you thinking about your past but i mean you can come up with 10 12 things you've done this week that make you not perfect just this week probably some of you Mike can come up with 10 today already. God bless you. We'll pray afterwards. Healing line will be down front. I'm just kidding. But seriously, we are so far from perfect, it's hard to fathom. It's hard to imagine. They sacrificed in the Old Testament spotless, perfect lambs. If Jesus' blood had one spot of sin, one blemish, one imperfection in his life, the whole thing's null and void. The whole, the whole thing doesn't, it doesn't work. Because what happened was, is when Jesus lived a perfect life without sin, because he was born without sin, the only one, for my, any Catholic friends in here, Mary was not born uh, uh, um, without sin. She was not born, there's nothing that indicates that. Jesus was the only one born without sin. Lived a sinless life. He dies on the cross and again, scripture tells us in numerous places what happened. He took on by dying on the cross. He didn't just die because, you know, the people didn't like him and he was doing healings and he, he set some people off because he was preaching something different than they had heard and, and he was messing up their game. All that's true. But the reason that he, get, he, he died is because he gave up his life. He willingly gave up his life he could have fought. He could have fought back. But the Bible says he, did, he would not have had the right to raise himself back up from the dead if he didn't give up his life. So he gives up his life on the cross and out of his body was shed perfect, spotless, without blemish blood. Because it wasn't the blood of Joseph. See, if you don't know this, when, when, when you have a baby, when you make a baby, we'll go to, to class real quick. When you make a baby, it's the father that supplies the bloodline. 
So if Jesus were to have been birthed from Mary and Joseph, the bloodline would have been incorrect. The bloodline would have been imperfect. It had to be the Holy Spirit. He had to be born by God. Did you know when the shepherds, catch this, this is really, this is really pivotal. When the shepherds were in the fields watching their flocks at night and the angels came, y'all know the story, right? The angels came, they appeared, we sing songs about it, you know, and, and they're, 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 they're singing and the, the shepherds are like, whoa, they're afraid. And then they tell them, hey, listen, um, the Messiah was born, he's here to save the world. And they say this phrase, he was, he's, he's wrapped in swaddling clothes. These, most people believe, most theologians believe, these shepherds were the ones who were keeping the lambs that they were going to sacrifice. And when they're born, this is so good. When they're born, they wrap them up carefully so that they don't get any spots or blemishes. And that before they're sacrificed, they protect them by wrapping them up. The lambs, the little lambs. And so they knew, okay, angel, Messiah, swaddling cloths. They looked at each other and said, we're going. It's almost as if to say, we don't need these lambs anymore. Man, that's good. We, we, we don't need, I mean, they're watching their flock. And by the way, they didn't have like, like you have one dog, maybe two dogs. They're talking hundreds. But I mean, they said shepherds. There may have been thousands of sheep. We're going to go worship the perfect one. Emmanuel, God with us. All God, all man. I'm going to unpack that in another sermon. But, but God became all I mean, Jesus became all God and all man. All right, let me keep going. So if there was a spot on Jesus, if he was spotted with sin, he couldn't have taken on the sins of the world and bring redemption to the earth. Why is this so? Sin carried, sin is carried through the seed of man. The blood of a child in the womb is received from the father. Mary, not sinless, Jesus was. He was born without sin. He lived without sin, died without sin for all of us as the perfect, spotless, sinless lamb. And, and we already read that in Luke 1, 35, but I want to read from a different translation real quick. Luke 1, I'm going to read 34 and 35 from a different translation. Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I have not had sexual relations with a man? The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born, get this, will be holy. Other translations, they say this way. They'll say, the Holy One will be born. But if you unpack that, that original uh, Greek statement, the, the statement there that, that, that they translated into our English, there's two ways you can translate it. And the reason is, is because of, of, of participles and all kinds of things that I don't quite understand. But if you read and study through uh, theologians and Bible interpreters, they'll tell you there's two ways you can interpret that statement. One is that way. You can say the Holy One, the Holy One, uh, and it goes on to, to, to finish the verse. But this, this, these translators, they translate it the other way as if it's two statements. Therefore, the child to be born 
will be holy. He will be called the son of God. And they broke it into two statements. Same phrase, but doesn't that make a little bit more significance? He will be holy. So the baby to be born will be holy. Perfect. Significant. Spotless. Why is Jesus the best part? Because no one ever before and ever since was born the way he was born. And in order for us to worship the God that we do, we, ha- we had to have Jesus, the perfect lamb, die in our place to provide our righteousness. The Bible says that our righteousness is as filthy rags. What does that mean? You and I are filthy. But because Jesus came and did what he did, he washed us clean. And I can stand before God today. I, I can pray today. I can call on God today. I can walk in the blessings and promises of God today because the perfect lamb of God took my place. Seed produces seed. Genesis 1 tells us that seed produces after its own kind. And Matthew 7 says, you know, a tree by its fruit. Apples make apple trees. Orange, orange seeds that they make orange trees and orange trees produce oranges, which then have seeds in them, which make more oranges. If Joseph had supplied the seed, seed produces after its own kind. But that's not what happened. The Holy Spirit overshadowed her. And a perfect, very God, very man. Jesus got tired. He was man. Jesus got tempted. He was tempted just like you and I were tempted. Jesus, he slept. He cried. He was emotional. He got angry. Hey, you want to know something that might help somebody in here today? You know, Jesus got angry and didn't sin. The Bible says be angry and sin not. What's the difference? Don't let your anger control you. But there's an emotion within you that makes you mad at things. I get mad at the devil. Brother Mike, and you know, he's so good. He, he helps me. <laughs> he helps me. I'll just say it like that. He helps me. Uh, on Hallelujah Night, which is our big outreach. Some of you are here at the church because of Hallelujah Night. We reach out to the community. Uh, um, you know, hundreds of people come through here. It's a lot of work, a lot of effort. It all gets poured into October 31st, two hours. I mean, months of effort going to two hours of fruit. It's a lot. And, and to be coming up on that, and this is the first time we had part of the event inside, part of the event outside. We've got stuff set up outside. The church, we, we bought more inflatables to go outside. We've got speakers outside. And here comes the rain. Pastor JT was mad. I'm not even going to front. I'm not going to try to be nice about it. I was mad. And I was trying to be happy, like, because people were starting to show up. And I, yeah, it's good to see you. Uh-huh, yeah. And I would walk out the back, and I'm mad. And I come back in, and, and then I see somebody else, and I try to smile. But, but Brother Mike and I know each other so long. He's been around. He's seen me mad. He's seen me throw stuff. <laughs> I, I, can I be human? Don't judge me today. Hey, I'm being real. I'm being honest. He's seen me throw stuff. He's seen me get upset. I'm not proud of it. I'm just saying. I've done it. And, uh, and so he, he, he's so good. He came to me and he said, hey, you know, and he just started just talking to me and encouraging me and reminding me, you know, everything's going to be all right. 
And so I went over to the far parking lot, and, and, and I, this might sound strange to you, but faith is what it is. I cursed the rain. I said, God, you, you, you've, you've given us this opportunity to reach your community, and it's going to be really hard to do if it's pouring down rain. I mean, Christians don't like to go to church in the rain. Much less, a, you know, the community come to a free event, and people, people are going to be less likely to do it. I need this rain to move. And I spoke to the rain, spoke to the rain clouds. That's what they did in the Bible. So I'm just, I'm just practicing what they did. The Bible says, speak to the mountain. It doesn't say, cry about it in Mark 11. It says, speak to the mountain. That's what I did. And so I, I did that, and sure enough, it took, it, I must have done it a few minutes late because I think it was about 6.10 when it all finally cleared up, stopped raining, and we had a beautiful hour and 50 minutes, almost a full two hours. God supplied all that. Why? Because we, we, we love our community, and God loves them more than we do. Be angry. Sin not. I've got emotions, just like Jesus did. But what makes him different from me? The way he was born. The way he lived his life. It's, it's, so, it's so significant. Seed produces after seed. Now, I want to I unpack one more thing. It kind of ties into this. It's a little bit different. God actually gave this to me earlier in the week. And I wrote it down. And I do believe that it's for today. In, in Luke chapter 1, or maybe you're still there. I've still got my Bible there. Let's read a little bit further. Let's read a little bit further. So, we already read where, where all that came. For with God, uh, let's go back to verse 36. Let's go back to verse 35. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Everybody say it again. Say Jesus. Jesus. Now indeed Elizabeth, this is still the angel talking. Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. Elizabeth was not supposed to have children. But notice what the angel says. Ready? For with God, nothing is impossible. Nothing will be impossible. For with God, nothing will be, can be, shall be impossible. You know, if you think about uh, uh, um, in the Old Testament, there are things that happen that correlate with the New Testament. They call them types and shadows. That's a, that's a, a Christian scholarly term that says, it's, like, it's like, almost like a metaphor, what we would call a metaphor. So there's things in the Old Testament that shadow, that shadow what happened in the New Testament. All right, so New Testament, Jesus is born. Have, have you ever heard of uh, Abraham and Sarah? Abraham and Sarah, we, we call him uh, Abraham, the father of our faith, the father of many nations. It's literally what his name means. Well, God came and told him, hey, you're going to be the father of many nations. He actually changed the father of many nations and your wife's so like 90. Very similar. I mean, it's, it's different. Mary was young and hadn't been with a man, but kind of similar. I mean, Sarah, he's like, hey, um, hey, God, listen, hey, hey, uh, I just want to check with you. Did you mean Sarah? Because at the name, at the time, you know, are you talking about Sarah? Sarah, Sarah, my wife? 
Are we talking about the same? Um, God, are we talking about the same lady? She's 90. She, she's already been through menopause. She's already been through all that. She, she's 90. God didn't stutter. God knew what he said when he said it. Here's what, what, what I want to clarify. The importance of sticking to the word. The importance of sticking to the word. That as you live your life, this is not just a Christmas message anymore. I want to transition to something that will help you any day of the year. The importance of sticking to the word. So Abraham and, and Sarah decide, well, since this doesn't make any sense, Sarah says, here, I want you to, I want you to go with a, 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 our handmaiden, which, by the way, at the time was pretty common practice. When women would get old, they, the, the, to keep, you know, they had lots of children. children. It was different back then. And they had tons of children, and also not every, not every kid li- lived as long. They're, they didn't have medical things like we have today. And so the, to keep the, the um, you know, pass inheritance along and build up their family, if the woman got too old, the handmaiden would get with the husband to keep the, it was common practice, all right? So it wasn't sin back then, it was common practice. So the reason though this was a problem was because it was not what God had told them. So although it wasn't sin, it wasn't right. You know, there are things in your life that you can do that you say, well, I mean, this isn't exactly what God told me to do, but I mean, it's close. It's still having a baby. It's close. And you'll birth an Ishmael, which was the son that he had that was not Isaac. And, and the reason most people believe they're still uh, uh, um, fighting today in Israel is because it's Palestinians fighting against Israelites, Ishmael fighting against Isaac. Because Abraham, now the good news is the story ended up great because Abraham got his faith intact and he stuck to the word. But I want you to notice the difference with Mary. Let's bring this back to Mary. Ready? Verse 38. Then Mary said, behold, and I love how the Bible takes, ties things together. Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. I'll let you think about that one. The maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me. So she asked a question. She just needed some clarification. I just need to understand. I heard what you said, but um, I haven't been with a man. How's this going to work? Then she says, let it be to me according to, everybody say it. Let it be to me according to your word. Let your word come to pass in my life because your word's bigger than mine. You'll make things happen that I can't do. You'll make things come to pass that I'll never see. You'll work things out that I'll never work out. And you know why? Because in order for, in order for salvation to work, God had to do things completely different from what we had ever seen before and what we'll ever see again. God had to send a perfect Jesus. He had to do it in an impossible manner. And Mary was the one that said, okay, let it be to me as you said. Oh, what would happen in our life if we would stand up in the days where God gives us a word we don't understand. 
and we just say, let it be to me. Let it be to me, as you said. I don't know how. But if your word says that doing X, Y, and Z is bad for me, then let it be to me according to your word. If, if, if the Bible says don't forsake assembling together. So if assembling together, coming together, worshiping together, then, then why would I miss church? When we go on vacation, we still go to church. Only time I missed church was when, when uh, our family had COVID. I don't actually know if I had it at that time or not, but everybody else did. <laughs> so we just stayed home. Only, only time in like eight years, t- 10 years. I, I, can't, I can't think of another time. I, I wouldn't miss. Can, can I tell you why? It's not because I'm super religious. If you get to know me, I, I'm super real. I'm just, I'm down to earth. I'm, 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 I'm not super religious. I don't, I'll talk football with you. I'll talk about how Clemson, you know, did y'all hear they changed the, the name of the ACC championship? You know, it's ACC. It actually now stands for another Clemson championship. They changed the name. I don't know if y'all knew that. I'll talk football with you. I'll, I'll talk, uh, whatever. I'm down, I'm, y'all finally got it. You got it. That's pretty good, right? ACC? Yeah, okay. It took somebody, you know, it took, it took us a few minutes. <laughs> but my, my life is about Jesus. And, and my focus is on him. And the things that I do are not to be, you know, super religious, you know, make myself seem, it's because it's in here. It's because if God went through all this effort to put a holy written word together, which only could happen if it was written by God. Men wrote it down, but God breathed it. And if he went through all that effort to put it in here, then I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. Put with every fiber in me, I'm going to do it. I'm going to follow it. I'm going to adhere to it. If it says that sex outside of marriage is wrong, then let's get married. I'm telling you what, I've, I've been, I, I, I dated, my wife, she only dated like one guy before me, or like two guys or something like that. I dated, I dated. And when we got engaged, we got, uh, uh, started dating, we got engaged fairly quickly. We knew, hey, this is it. We got engaged. And because we, were, we dated long distance, there was like, you know, some, some hurdles we had to jump through. We did premarital counseling, all kinds of stuff. It didn't really make sense for us to get married quickly. But let me tell you something. That made it harder. If I could have gotten married quick, I would have gotten married quick. I told y'all I'm real. I mean, when you know you love somebody, and you know as soon as you put that ring on that finger, what we gonna do? Can I talk today? Can I be real? It makes it harder. Just, just get married. Just get married. I'll do. I'll do. We can do a wedding in the back. We can do a wedding. All you need is a witness. I'm licensed. I'm serious. The Bible actually says it's better to marry than burn. I didn't write it. It's in here. Let it be to me according to 
your word. Let, let it be to me according to your word. When the Lord speaks, follow it. Write it down. When he gives you direction, don't discount it. Don't, 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 you know, oh, well, that was, you know, last year. No, if God told you to do something, especially if it's in here, adhere to it. Follow Mary. Number two, my life expectancy is to be based on God's word. So number one, when the Lord speaks, follow it. Adhere to it to the T. My life, number two, my life expectancy is to be based on God's word. She was expecting a baby because she started with an expectation that whatever God said would come to pass in her life unto me. That whatever she said, there's an expectation. expectation. You know, whatever you expect is going to happen. If you leave here today and you don't actually expect God's word to work in your life, it's not. Because we walk by faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So it says, I, I believe that what's in here is going to work and it's going to come to pass in my life. I'm going to see it. I'm going to walk in it. I don't care how, when, or whatever, but that's what God said and that's what I'm standing on. And so my expectation every day. Now, let me clarify, because while I'm being real, I'm going to be real. Sometimes I have to change my expectation. And line up my expectation, my vision, with this. But you know who's responsible for that? Me. Not, not my wife. I can't blame it on her. Not my kids. I can't blame it on them. It's me. It's my responsibility. My expectation. She, she had a moment. Okay, hold on now. How's this going to work? Okay, let it be unto me according to your word. And for nine months, she carried, literally carried the promise of God and birthed it because she had an expectation. Let it be unto me. Point at yourself. Unto me. Unto me. Let it be unto me according to your word. Yeah, I'm going to add this in here. I wrote a bunch of stuff down. And I'm not, you know, I'm just following the Lord here. Find people and stick with people who reinforce God's promises in your life. Some of, some of us, our expectation has changed because we don't have an Elizabeth. Read, read, read Luke 2 again. I'm out of time. I, I, I got to wrap up. Read Luke 2 again. When, when, when she showed up, read, read Matthew, read Luke, read all of it. When, when she showed up to Elizabeth's house, and, and the Bible says Elizabeth knew this is the one who's carrying my Savior, Quotes that to her. And if you read the story, Elizabeth's husband was the one who got the prophecy or got the visit from the angel and then was mute. He couldn't even talk to her. How did she get that? 
did Elizabeth know I'm carrying an anointed, anointed baby? When Mary walked into the house and spoke, the Bible says that Elizabeth, the, 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 the cousin or family member, whoever she was, was filled with the Holy Spirit. The baby was filled with the Holy Spirit in that that, that moment, Elizabeth knew, okay, you, Mary, you're carrying also a child and you're carrying the Savior. And, and we're two women in here carrying two anointed children. And she quotes and speaks. I mean, it reinforces to Mary what we're about to do is going to change the world. But some of us would rather have a friend or person that when you walk in with a word, you give your life to Christ or whatever it is, you make a decision, I'm going to walk by faith. And they come in and they say, you're doing what? Now here, have some of this. Here, have some of this. And they take you right back to the land of no promise. They, they, they take you right back to an Ishmael. Let it be unto me according to your word. She made a point to go and visit. Actually, she stayed with Elizabeth until Elizabeth had John and then carried out. And of course, we know they had to travel, ended up in, in Bethlehem. Mary and Joseph had the baby, or Mary had the baby in the manger. In the end, put him in a manger. Let it be unto me according to your word. Everybody stand up. I think all of us could use this reminder today. Man, I am living my life according to your word. I'm going to live out your promises according to your word. You know, because it's God's, it's God's word, it's his promises. And if I want to see them in my life, I'm going to live them out according to his word. I'm going to apply his word to my life in every way, shape, or form I can. I'm not going to, I'm not going to miss, skip, or, or, or juke out of what God told me to do, how he told me to do it, because if he said to do it, then that's, then that's it. That's it. That's all I need to know. I don't care whether, whether a, a culture says that things are different nowadays. This is how I do it. According to your word. This is, this, I don't care what anybody says, this book is timeless. And the people who say it's not, I don't think they've read it. I really don't, I don't think they've read it. Anybody that would say, well, no, that's just an old book. This book is living and powerful. It's, it's a handbook for profitable living. When I live by this, it sets me up for success in this life and puts me on a track to spend eternity with God in heaven. This is the model. This is what I do. This is how I live, according to your word. Let it be unto me, according to your word. Now, here's the, the, the culmination of all this. How do you receive that? How do you walk in that? How do you step into that? Why, why or how? Number one, why? Because Jesus is the best part. 
Why do, I, why do I need a relationship with God? Because he gave us Jesus. And, and, and he, he created us to have a relationship with him. But the only reason we, or only way we're able to do that is through Jesus. And I think I've done a sufficient job of setting that up and clarifying that today. It would be impossible without him. But with God, all things are possible. Nothing will be impossible. Jesus, you're the best part. I want to give you an opportunity right now, online and in person, to make Jesus the best part of your life. Then on December 4th, 2022, you made a decision. I don't know what I was doing before, but going forward, Jesus is number one. He's all I need, all I want, all I'm going to have. The world can have everything else. Just give me Jesus. The one that God delivered through a perfect virgin birth so that the spotless lamb could die in my place. It should have been, it should have been us. It should have been us on that cross. But no, Jesus said, I, I got it. As a matter of fact, I'm the only one that can do this. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And he breathed his last.